So, the all-star race was a thing. Let's talk about that. This episode of Above Feel Aligned was delivered to you by DoorDash. Get more to your door with DoorDash. Make sure you use the promo code NASCAR30 and get 30% off your first order. This offer only available on new DoorDash accounts. Hey, Rose fans, it's Taylor, and welcome back to Above Gill Align, the show where we talk all about the NASCAR Cup Series, and every single week on the show, I say we have a lot to talk about, and that is no different this week with the frustrations and problems that many of us had with this weekend's all-star race at Texas Motor Speedway. I always say this is a show made by a fan for fans, so we're going to talk about that fan perspective of how we thought about the all-star race at Texas Motor Speedway, as well as what we might want to fix, as well as perspectives from inside the industry. But before we get to any of that, let's see our results for who won the million dollars. He was one of the cars to beat this weekend. Ryan Blaney ended up winning the million dollars for his team, so congrats to that number 12 team. Right behind him was Denny Hamlin in second place, and Thank goodness that they had a high to go off of going into the next four races because they have a four-race suspension for the crew chief and the two crew members for a tire violation a few weeks prior. Then in third place, we have Cindric, fourth, Logano, fifth, Suarez, sixth, Bowman, seventh, Almendinger, eighth, Busher, ninth, Kislowski, and tenth, Christopher Bell. Also to note your stage winners for this race as they determine the starting order for the final stage. Stage one was won by Kyle Busch. Of course, he wrecked out of the race due to a tire failure, so he did not make his way into the final stage of the race. Though stage two was won by Austin Sindrick, stage three was Ryan Blaney's win, and the pit road challenge was won by the 22 crew of Joey Logano, a Penske sweep almost this weekend. His pit crew will take home a $100,000 prize, so congrats to them on winning the pit road challenge. Now that we've looked at the results, let's go to the SRI Performance MVP of the week. For me, this is a no-brainer. He was P4 in practice, second in qualifying. Ryan Blaney ended up taking home the million dollars, and he is taking home this week's MVP award presented by SRI Performance. Not only does he deserve this award for being an all-star at the track, but he also won this race technically twice. And we're going to talk about that in a second, but I think this is a well-deserved award for that 12-team and Ryan Blaney. All right, let's pump the brakes and go down the line presented by PFC Brakes, talking about the big storylines from this weekend. And of course, that is all about the all-star race, all of the controversy and opinions that revolved around this event. Now, I'm going to start with the positives here because I, I did find a few. There were a few positives that I had. First off, Frankie Munez showing up in the booth and also on pit road a little bit to talk about his experience with racing and him actually going back racing, which is exciting for me. He was a childhood favorite of mine from seeing him in movies like Big Fat Liar, Agent Cody Banks, and then of course Malcolm in the Middle, who doesn't love that show. So that was an exciting moment for me and my inner child, just seeing him there at the NASCAR race. So that was, that was pretty cool. That was a positive. Another positive I found is that the format was actually much better than last year's. I talked about this in last episode of Above the Yellow Line, but the last year's had like six stages and there was inverts every stage and there was a random winner if you spun a wheel who would win the pole position. It was all just very bizarre and very hard to follow and I think the booth had a hard time following it too. So this was very streamlined from last year. So very nice to kind of have a simplified version of an all-star format for this year's race. So that, that was that was another positive that I found from this weekend. Okay, let's go into our negatives. I, I feel like it's time to kind of just hit the nail on the head with this one. So to start the entire weekend, none of the drivers were really enthusiastic whatsoever. There was a select few that were really excited to be there in the Cup Series, but everyone else was just stone cold. 
no heart, no excitement. And the only people I actually saw that were pretty thrilled or happy to be in the All-Star race was Ross Chastain, maybe Daniel Suarez, and AJ Allmendinger actually seemed very excited during their driver intros. Everyone else, literally the broadcast booth had to say, look at the excitement on that guy's face when there was just nothing. Kevin Harvick comes to mind where he was just like, not having it. So when the broadcast booth has to say, look at that guy, look at how excited he is, trying to fool us, uh, that's not good. So overall, to even start with this event as a whole, none of the, none of the drivers wanted to be there. You could, you could tell. Also part of this weekend were negative comments from the drivers. Chase Elliott, the people's champ, already kind of just digging into Texas Motor Speedway before the racing even began this weekend, saying, quote, to get away from Texas would be a major win for me. This comment was made in an interview with Bob Pockross. I'll put this in the description below, the link to that. But yeah, not good when the people's champ is kind of like, I don't want to be here. So that was a negative as well. And as a fan, that just didn't make me feel excited to see this all-star race at all. Now I want to talk about my perception of the race as a whole, the whole event. Now, obviously I wasn't at the track, so I didn't get that at-track experience that might have added to my perception of this race. But we're going to talk about how that might have played into things with comments from Marcus Smith and Scott Miller. Look, I get Texas is the Lone Star State. I also get that everything is bigger in Texas, but we don't need to throw up that theme into the All-Star Race. The All-Star Race is supposed to showcase our drivers, the All-Stars. It's not supposed to say, hey, Texas Motor Speedway is pretty cool. Let me show you what Texas is all about and insert that into the race. I felt like the tackiness of the theme, and I, I hate to say tackiness in a petty way, but distracted from what the event was supposed to be about. So that was a small pet peeve of mine just to kind of start the event. How, how they themed it was just not right in my opinion. And I guess the theme I should say is correct, but they shouldn't go that heavy into the theme to where it detracts from the entire event. Second, this is kind of a positive and a negative, but the pit road challenge, that head-to-head -head thing that we saw during the qualifying rounds, I actually really liked, though I only liked it kind of by itself as a standalone thing. I do not think it should have been part of qualifying. I think that should have gone to like literally the fastest car on the track without a pit stop should have gotten that pole position. That's, that's just my opinion on it, but I think there was a really solid idea there. The execution just was not there. It was really odd with the Dallas Cowgirl cheerleader just kind of holding the signs like 10 seconds to go and then just... It was really tacky, and that kind of goes along with the theme thing as well, but I think as its own little event, that would have been awesome. Unfortunately, as awesome as I think that would have been on its own, the all-star race, the actual pit challenge within the race itself, was very lackluster. I actually did not realize it was happening until after the fact when Jamie Little was standing with Joey Logano's crew, and they were like, we're going to come back from break, and we're going to tell you who the winner of that pit stop challenge was. I had no clue that pit stop was it. So... I really wish that they would have really halted the race, maybe brought all the cars down the pit road, stopped them, did a ready, set, go, and then had the pit road challenge. I, I thought just kind of having it still, it still felt like a, almost a green flag pit stop to me. Kind of like what we had last year, there was just little attention to it. So I wish we would have stopped to appreciate the pit crews and probably kind of bring it back to circle the early 2000s, what we did with that whole pit stop challenge ahead of the all-star race. I, I wish we would do that and we would go back to that. So let's one thing as a fan that I would like to see in the future, and I think a lot of you can agree with me on that, that we want to have a bigger emphasis on the pit road challenge like we did in the early 2000s. The racing itself was not good. I had high hopes just because this mile and a half package that we have for the Gen 7 car has put on really good races and it didn't come to fruition for the Texas Motor Speedway race we saw last weekend. And I will say what I saw the Xfinity race and the truck race was actually decent. It wasn't as bad as we've seen in previous years, and I know the Xfinity race was a wreck fest. I understand that, but the actual racing product itself was not bad. We saw passing for the lead. Though in the Cup Series, we really didn't see any passing, which we got to a guy's door. You kind of stalled out. You couldn't pass. We had tire issues that I'm going to talk about in a second. 
Also, that track is so wide, but I only saw like one or two grooves really working for these drivers, which was also something else that was very frustrating. And when the booth keeps saying it's frustrating that this guy can't pass and that guy can't pass, trust me, us fans at home are just as frustrated. So that was a very angering part of this race that the product was not what I was expecting going into the weekend. Plus, I mentioned the tire issues. There was a really scary wreck with Kyle Busch. He lost a tire on the track. Ross Chastain had an issue with his tire too, wasn't able to slow down in time, ran into Kyle Busch, actually got airborne, and then when he fell to the ground, he ended up wrecking out Chase Elliott as well. All three of those cars were race-winning cars. Ross Chastain was my pick to win the whole thing, so I was very disappointed. Kyle Busch, I thought was going to win the pit road challenge, also very disappointed with that, but it was really scary. And then for the main issue of this race, kind of that sealed the nail in the coffin for the all-star race. Ryan Blaney going into turn four had the race won pretty much. He was way ahead of Denny Hamlin who was in second place and he was going to take the checkered flag. On the flag stand they had the checkered flag waving and then all of a sudden when he was pretty much I feel like less than a car length from the start finish line a caution happened. The caution lights went on but the flag was still there. Checkered flag. Ryan Blaney thought he won. The crew thought he won. We thought he won. The booth thought he won. So on a normal weekend. Basically, you get the white flag and then you just have to reach the start finish line. If somebody wrecks out behind you, that does not matter. The white flag basically means you are safe. That is not the case for the All-Star Race. They changed the rules to say that essentially you have to finish this race under green flag conditions. So when Stenhouse caused that caution, that meant that the race wasn't over because it didn't end under green flag conditions, which means we have to race all over again to the checkered flag. And unfortunately, Ryan Blaney already had his window net down, so he had to fix that. The crew was in disbelief. Ryan was in disbelief. The booth was in disbelief. Clint Boyer even was like, I don't know what to say. Mike Joy even said, I do, but I won't. Like, he's not going to say anything. He has opinions, but he's, he can't say anything because they're bad opinions. It's basically what I took from that. So we went back racing, and luckily, thank God, Ryan Blaney ended up winning for technically a second time during the All Stars. I have no clue what would have happened if, if he didn't win. But of course, everyone talked to social media talking about this. Denny Hamlin was one of them saying, quote, never should have been a yellow in the first place. They put Blaney in the situation he was in. To make up for it, they let him break a rule. Two wrongs do not make a right. Blaney W, NASCAR L. NASCAR higher up Scott Miller also commented on the Blaney incident saying, quote, the race director looked up and we're not sure what he saw, but he immediately put the caution out. Wish we wouldn't have done that, but we did that, and now we'll own that we probably prematurely put that caution out. Daniel Hemrick, one of Blaney's friends, said, Thank you at Blaney for finishing it off. Thank God. I would assume that is in relation to the product that the All-Star Race gave us. Dale Jr. is one of NASCAR's stars that was very vocal about the All-Star Race. One of his comments saying, quote, NASCAR is going to gladly let you debate the window net, so as long as you don't reflect on how ridiculous that yellow flag situation was as Blaney was crossing the finish line to win. He also said, quote, stage one was about as fun as a rice cake. So not only did Scott Miller and the drivers speak up about the All-Star Race, but CEO and president of Speedway Motorsports, Marcus Smith, also spoke up about this weekend on Sirius XM NASCAR radio, and he had this to say, quote, there's just some people out there who like to complain more than anything. If you talk to the fans who were there, they had a great time. He went on to say, quote, when we had it in Charlotte, we had some detractors who would always say, why is it in Charlotte? We move it and people say, let's put it back in Charlotte. I found nobody likes change and nobody likes anything to stay the same. You can't make everybody happy. I will say Smith has a point. You can't please everybody, but he's also leaving something very important out of his comments, which is a fan at the track is more likely to have a good racing experience than a fan at home, meaning that that at-track experience is going to add to your perception of how much you liked the race. 
From personal experience, I went to Kentucky Speedway in 2017 to 2019, and admittedly, the racing product there was not good whatsoever, really barely at all. And then, of course, the nail in the coffin when they added the PJ1, it just... It just was bad, but I say I love the race because I love my experience at the track. I met new friends. I got to spend time with family. I met drivers. I went on pit road, and that was a life-changing experience for me. So, of course, I'm going to say I loved my time at Kentucky Speedway, but that didn't equal I also loved the race. So, I'm not sure if he's twisting the words of the fans or what he heard or if he actually understands the perception that the fans had with the racing product that they saw. So, I've given all of the negative opinions. I've given every ounce of my heart to the negativity. So I apologize for that. But now we got to go to how, how can we fix this? How do we fix the all-star race if it is fixable? Well, Dale Jr. thinks the all-star race should go. Jr. responded to a post by Nate Ryan saying, I appreciate you and honestly anyone else's opinions on how to restore it. I'm quite stubborn on the idea of it going away entirely. It can be fixed. Denny Hamlin even talked about how it's time to retire that $1 million promo. It's really old school. It's not really doing it anymore. Dale Jr. actually agrees, and he says, I guess we could consider the prize for winning the best-paying race of the season, the Daytona 500. That's roughly $2 million to the winner. For sure, the All-Star race should pay double or triple that to set itself apart. Not sure how that affects the driver's ambition. Dale Jr. also goes on to add that the venue should be a fan vote. I do think this is a great idea. However, I am a much bigger fan of having this race rotate from track to track. If we're going to do a fan vote, I will say there is a risk that fans will vote the same track every single time. So if we're going to do a fan vote, at least once we vote a track in for the all-star race, take it out of the voting circulation for maybe three seasons and then bring it back in and the fans can vote on it again in three more years. So I think it is a really good idea. You just have to be careful with if the fans want to rotate the tracks, don't make it to where the fans are going to vote on the same track every single year. Or, even though I'm a really big fan of moving the race around from track to track for the All-Star event, we could simply just move it back to Charlotte. It's less travel time for the teams, it's less money for traveling, plus these teams get to spend more time with their family for being in Charlotte for two weeks in a row, so I think that might be NASCAR's best bet. So I just filled my guts about how I felt about this race. Now it's time to rate this race, though, above or below the yellow line to see how we thought about it. Obviously, on the line, 50% means this was a mediocre race. We want to be above the yellow line, though, meaning that this was a good race. I will tell you, heads up, this was not above the yellow line by any means. But before I give my final feedback about the All-Star Race, let's hear what you had to say about the All-Star event all together, starting with a comment from Cybertribal86 said, One, Goodyear needs to address these tires. Fall off is one thing, but plastic grocery bags are more durable than these things. Two, TMS cannot be saved. Even the drivers seem fed up with this track. Time to close it up and move on. Put it out of its misery and ours. Samantha added to the comment about the drivers and said, 95% of the drivers looked miserable during intros. Not a good look for the sport. The race itself has been dull other than the one using the 18 as a ramp. Drew said passing is what makes NASCAR a different motorsport, exciting and appealing. Tracks where they can't do that are not it in any way. Chandler said, I think Goodyear is gone after this race, and I think Texas is gone. As the all-star race, this track is terrible, and it's been kind of a boring race besides the two wrecks that happened. Ben said, the Mount Everest of incompetence from race control. Even if you disregard the absurdity of the last caution and the safety concerns of Blaney racing without a window net, a terrible tire at a terrible track led to a terrible crash and a terrible overall product. Can't sugarcoat it. 
Matt said, I don't see Texas being an improvement over Charlotte in terms of the quality of racing we've seen so far. Tires and the new car are variables, of course, but I think if the race were held at the new Atlanta, you'd have a better show. I kind of agree with that. Adam Lucas above the line crew member chimed in on this race saying, quote, tonight was a very forgettable night. Only one positive came out of this, and that technically shouldn't have even happened, with Ryan Blaney shaking off the winner's rust. But it was only because of having that crisp, beautiful, clean leader air. If you got the lead, it was only a race for second place. Kudos to the 12th team, but a very forgettable evening. He also went on to say his race rating, saying, quote, I'm giving this a 12 out of 10 below the yellow line and only fitting for it to reflect Blaney's number. The next comment comes from Zachary Bell. You might remember him from some of our old videos on the original Above the Yellow Line channel. He texted me about the weekend and here's what he had to say from his at track perspective. Zachary Bell, who went to both last year's event and this year's said, quote, it was worse than last year in my opinion. Hard to pass without strategy. Cars wrecked when trying to implement the tire strategy. Obviously, tire failure happens. If Charlotte and Michigan are better, I'm very concerned for Texas. So those were your comments. And usually, if you've watched the show before, we look at the Twitter poll first. I put it last for a reason. A whopping 507 of you participated. So thank you so much, making that a new above the line post-race poll record. But here is where the bad news really solidifies. Only 3% of you said this was a great race. 5% of you said this was good. 14% of you said the race was okay, and a record 78% of you said the Texas All-Star race was bad. Looking at that Twitter poll, it's not really surprising what we all thought about this race. And now for my rating, I will say I love Ryan Blaney. I'm a very big Blaney fan, but after watching the All-Star race, I was just deflated and disappointed. I just, I kind of felt nothing, but like, just, just disappointment. I, I have no other words to describe how I feel about this, even a day removed. I, I, just, I have no clue. I just did not like this all-star race. I thought it was a major L for NASCAR. So for that reason, and because the racing product wasn't good, the theme just wasn't right, the whole event itself was, there were some good ideas, but the execution was very, very poor. I have to give this race maybe a record on the Buffalo line, a 9% out of 100%, making it definitely below the yellow line. Hopefully we've wrapped up the all-star race with a nice little bow and now we're going to go into our pre-race show for the Coca-Cola 600 at Charlotte Motor Speedway, starting with your track facts and driver stats from Rhino.co. Charlotte Motor Speedway is a mile and a half track and because this race is 400 laps and 600 miles long, making it the longest race of the year, this race will be broken up into four stages, each being 100 laps each. Moving on to your driver stats, the last driver to win at this track was Kyle Larson. The active driver with the most track wins is Harvick and Truex with three wins each. The active driver with the best average finish at the track is technically Tyler Reddick, though he only has three starts at this track with an average finishing position of 10.3. Next up, the team with the most track wins is Hendrick Motorsports with 21 wins to their name. The only team that came close was Joe Gibbs Racing with 16 wins. Finally, the wins by manufacturer. Chevrolet has 47 wins at the track, Ford has 31 wins, and Toyota has 7. All of this information from RacingReference.com. Alright, let's close it out with our two watch to worry coming up this weekend at Charlotte Motor Speedway for the 600. I feel like I gotta be a little obvious here with one of my guys to worry about. It's gotta be Bubba Wallace, right? With a non-points paying race on pit road, the crew messed up the tire twice. Twice. I will say if they do not make crew changes after this weekend, 
I, I don't know what they're doing. They, they need to make a change now to give Bubba Wallace what he needs to succeed because like I talked about with last episode with the dilemma at 23-11 racing, Bubba Wallace has the potential. He just does not have the crew to help him exceed that potential that he has. So if a change is not made, I'm done. I have no clue what else to say. So Bubba Wallace is clearly a driver I will be worried about this weekend at the 600. Finally, I'm going to be worried about Eric Almarola, who's teetering above the cutoff line right now, plus 11 to the good. This is not his best track. His average finish at Charlotte Motor Speedway is 18.1, which is worse than the drivers that are currently below the cutoff line, at least some of them, like Tyler Reddick, Daniel Suarez, and Austin Dillon. So I worry that Almarola is going to fall victim and go under the cutoff line after this weekend. So I will definitely be worried about him and Bubba Wallace at the 600. Finally, let's talk about our guys to watch this weekend. I feel like momentum goes a long way, and with the win from the All-Star Race, I gotta be watching Ryan Blaney this weekend. Since 2019, he has the second-best average finishing position of the active drivers with an eighth-place average, so I feel like that plus the momentum is gonna bode really well for him at Charlotte Motor Speedway and maybe get a crown jewel win. Finally, I'm going to be watching Chase Elliott. He has the second best average finishing position out of all the active drivers at this track. Plus, he won a race here in 2020, so I think this might prove well for him to maybe get another win at an oval track this weekend at Charlotte. Who are your two watch to worry? Also, what do you think about the All-Star Race? Let me know in the comments below. And with that, we are done with this episode of Above the Old Line, the show where we talk all about the NASCAR Cup Series. I am thrilled to be going to my very first race since 2019 at Charlotte Motor Speedway this coming weekend. I'm excited to bring you guys content from the track. Also, I'm very excited to hopefully be going live from the track on Friday between the Arca race and the truck race with Adam Lucas and Don Joseph. So stay on the lookout for that. News about that live stream will be seen on my Twitter page at underscore Taylor Kitchen underscore. For post-race polls and daily questions and above the line on Instagram and YouTube for teasers of our upcoming projects and more options on how to get involved in the conversation. Also, make sure to check out TobyChristy.com on all social media platforms to find great motorsports content and TobyChristy.com to hear and read more from the team and your favorite drivers. Last but not least, I got to give a huge thank you to SRI Performance, PFC Brakes, Rhino.co, and DoorDash for supporting Above Feel Align and all of us here at TobyChristy.com. You can find all of our socials linked in the description below, but before you check those out, make sure to like this video, subscribe to the channel, share this with your friends and family, and guys, thank you so much for watching this episode of Above Feel Align, and until next time, I'll see ya.